0: Welcome to a patient safety podcast from Crico. Crico is the patient safety and medical malpractice company owned by and serving the Harvard medical community since 1976. The following case abstract is based on closed claims in the Harvard system. Names and some details have been changed. A 50-year-old woman underwent a craniotomy and clipping of unruptured basilar aneurysms. The surgery was successful, and the attending asked the resident to remove the intrathecal catheter. As the resident started to remove the catheter, a piece broke off, and attempts to remove the piece were not successful. The resident notified the attending, who decided to leave the catheter in place, with the intention of removing it at a later date. In the operative note, the resident noted that a portion of the catheter broke off and was retained in the lumbar spine. The neurosurgeon failed to inform the patient before discharge. When the patient returned for follow-up care, she complained of postoperative back pain. Several months later, the patient complained to her primary care physician of continuing back discomfort and lower extremity pain. A CT scan showed a retained tip of the spinal drain catheter from the surgery. The surgeon informed the patient and family and also apologized, explaining that he had simply forgotten about the retained object. Following a minor procedure to remove the catheter, the pain she had been experiencing for eight months resolved. The patient brought a claim against the neurosurgeon for failure to inform her of the retained catheter in her lumbar spine and failure to respond to the significance of her complaints of postoperative back pain. The claim was settled in the low range. To discuss the patient's safety and risk management aspects of this case, Dr. William Berry. Dr. Berry is surgical consultant to Crico. Dr. Berry, I bet a lot of surgeons might say, gee, we we fixed her brain. Now she's suing us for this, but um, those retained foreign body cases can be very difficult to defend, and the case had to be settled. Uh, can you talk about that a little?
1: Yeah, I can. Um, we see a few foreign body cases. They tend to come across my desk since they're all surgical cases, and in almost every case, it ends up being settled, and the reasons for that are pretty clear. It's simply not the standard of care to leave something behind in an incision or deep inside of a wound um, that doesn't belong there, um, so that when somebody files a claim there isn't a whole lot of proof that has to be brought forward. You don't even really need um, an expert to tell you that you weren't supposed to do this. And it almost always leads to another surgery, which means that uh, patient, in addition to the injury of whatever was left behind, also has to go through additional hospitalization and another surgical procedure and there's added pain. So those cases almost always um, get settled and there's almost always money um, that gets exchanged for those. I think it is interesting since uh, since one of the things I used to do in the past was high-risk surgery, the perspective of the physician in this case and the perspective of the patient. The patient obviously is left feeling bad because something got left behind um, in them. Oftentimes, I think they're quite grateful for having had whatever the surgery was, but not so grateful that they get an unintended uh, complication. The physician, on the other hand, concentrates more on, I think, on the fact that it was a great big operation, tremendously risky perhaps even carrying a risk of death with it um, and feels that the patient should be very grateful that they survived, not pay very much attention to the fact that something else went wrong um, during the operation. So I think both those viewpoints have some validity to them, um, but you certainly can understand the patient's side here because the patient really was injured by the fact that something got left in her back.
0: The problem seems to have been that uh, he just forgot about that object and how do you prevent something like that? He just forgot.
1: Right, I think that um, it's a fabulous question because in the daily practice of medicine, um, especially for a busy specialty surgeon such as this surgeon was, uh, they have a tremendous amount of stuff on their minds and the human memory is um, by no means infallible. Um, I think that, you know, we're not little computers. Um, That's why people carry around devices to act as external memories. That's why some of us still carry around little notebooks to write in. And these kind of events, even though they they seem like they would be unforgettable, um, unfortunately, in reality, become very forgettable. Now, the question that you ask me is, how do you stop that? And I think that as technology becomes more available to us at the bedside. Um, We need to think about making ways where patients or their medical records can be flagged so that you can put a mark on that medical record about something like this. You can do it easily, you can do it instantly while you're thinking about it, and that it requires an action on your part then further down the road in order to clear that flag. So in this case, perhaps he could have walked over to the computer terminal, marked her case, uh, written a little note to himself, there's a a drain that needs to be addressed, and then had that pop back up to him when he had to electronically sign the discharge summary. I don't think you can just say to to the resident in this case, put it in the discharge summary, because the reality is for a busy surgeon or for a busy physician, when you're scanning that discharge summary to electronically sign it, it's really easy to miss the little teeny nuances. And although it wasn't a little teeny thing to the
0: patient, um, it probably was to her surgeon. Now, those are kind of high-tech uh, solutions. Can you just call your office and leave a message on the uh, voicemail saying, we going to do this for this patient?
1: Yeah, I think you could. Um, probably in that particular setting, it there are things that are less high-tech that still can set flags. Because what what you're talking about by doing that really is yet another way of setting a flag so that that voicemail message would go to your administrative assistant um, who could then mark the record so that you wouldn't lose this problem over the course of time. I also think that there's a, a role Um, If you can get it that far for telling the patient so that the patient can be part of that reminder system, I think that would have changed this whole case. If she had been aware that something was still in there that could be taken out at a later date, I think that the suit probably
0: never would have happened. She would have been sort of another backstop for follow-up appointments to remind everybody that this was going on.
1: Right. I think a lot of times we um, care providers don't think about using the patient like that as part of the safety net. Uh, And I think that it's a very valuable role that the patient can and probably should play. Um, Take something like a routine colonoscopy. I think that the patient should be part of the process so that if the physician scheduling system breaks down and the colonoscopy gets missed, that the whole burden doesn't rest on the physician, that the patient can share in that burden of saying, well, it's time for my annual colonoscopy. I'm going to bug them
0: so that it gets done. Thank you. Dr. William Berry, surgical consultant to Crico. I'm Tom Agello. This has been a patient safety podcast from Crico. More information about CRICO and efforts at Harvard to deliver the safest healthcare in the world is available on our website at www.rmf.harvard.edu.